Hello and welcome to The Recruiting Trail. I'm your host, Andrew Nimick of The Oregonian and Oregon Live. It's our first ever emergency edition of The Recruiting Trail because Trajan Williams, the Jefferson four-star safety, the nation's number nine safety, the Adidas All-American selection, committed to the Oregon Ducks today. A monster commitment, Trajan becomes the highest rated commitment in the class of 2022. What does it mean for the class? What does it mean for Oregon as a whole? What does it mean for the state of Oregon in terms of high school recruiting? We will get to all of that in this emergency edition of the recruiting trail, but I am feeling emergency podcasty today. I don't know if that's obviously not a word, but the 49ers, my 49ers trade up to the number three pick, likely to draft a quarterback. We've been burdened with uh, an unhealthy, inconsistent Jimmy G for the past couple of years. So in in the spirit of 49er fandom and the emergency podcast going going out all over the Bay Area, I feel like we have to do one uh, for the Oregon Ducks today to talk about Trajan. And on the surface, what is Trajan? Trajan is a great safety. I've had a chance to see him play twice now already this year. Uh, in the first game of the season, they played Lincoln. He had a really impressive kind of over-the-shoulder, deep in coverage, one-handed interception, great athlete, fluid hips. All of that checked out in week one. I got a chance to see him again in week two. Looked very good, uh, although he was playing a team that primarily ran the football. So I actually got a chance to see him as a physical safety. It's sort of funny because I've seen two comps for him, and I, I really think he's kind of in between. I've heard Buda Baker, who's kind of an undersized, he can hit, but he's a coverage guy, and then Keanu Neal, who is almost a linebacker. Uh, he played for the Falcons here the last few years. I've seen those two comps. Brandon Huffman made the Keanu Neal comp. I've heard the Buda Baker comp more locally uh, from Portland coaches or from you know from Jefferson's coaches and, and from some people who have seen him close hand. And I, and I really think he's actually a blend. I, I've been really impressed with the way he drops his hips, with the way that he reads things and can break on a football. It's really impressive. He's got good hands. He plays receiver for Jefferson. This is a kid who can play either really the free safety or strong safety spot. One of the more impressive plays I saw, they, obviously that interception's great. He had a punt return for a touchdown earlier this year. But one of the more impressive plays I really I saw of Trajan was against Barlow. They lost to Barlow. And Barlow just had a stretch where in the second half, Jefferson got ahead. They blew a lead and ended up losing the game. Barlow was just kind of running for six, seven, eight yards a pop. Uh, Trajan was playing deep safety at the time, and he sort of just got tired of it. And they got another first down, another key first down in the second half uh, on a third and short. And so on first and 10, Trajan had had enough. And you see him clearly pre-snap. He knows he's coming full speed downhill, and he just obliterated Barlow's bigger back. Uh, he's probably 5'11", 6'2", 235, 240 pounds, almost a fullback-looking kid, and just flat-backed him for a one-yard loss. And you go, okay, this is a different kind of kid. Not just coverage. He can hit you. He's really talented. He pairs nicely with Landon Hullaby, uh, the Texas four-star safety already committed to Oregon. And, and it's an interesting commitment in the sense that I think a lot of people thought Trajan was a done deal from day one, that as soon as Oregon offered, he was done and, and it was over. And I think that's likely. I think no matter what would have happened, it would have been likely that Trajan Williams would have ended up in an Oregon uniform based on, in part, his connection to John, Don Johnson Jr., formerly the coach at Jefferson High School, formerly 
Trajan Williams coach at Jefferson High School. He becomes Oregon's uh, director of high school relations or, or uh, to start, I believe. And now he's been promoted to director of player personnel. And for a while, the NCAA said, for two years, you cannot recruit anybody you're associated with. During this COVID stretch, they reduced that rule from if you move from high school to college, you can't recruit any of your former players for two years. They dropped that down to one year, which made Trajan available, frankly, for the Oregon Ducks. They offered immediately that same day. And again, everybody thought, well, it's over. And that wasn't my read. Talking to Trajan, he was enamored with the idea of possibly going to the East Coast. And he was very, very enamored with a combination of the academics at Cal and his relationship with Marcel Yates. People forget that Marcel Yates, now an Oregon secondaries coach, the Oregon secondaries coach, he was at Cal. And Trajan had told me, that is my strongest relationship. Of all the coaches I'm, I'm connected to, that is my strongest relationship. He is the coach that I, I am close to, and Cal's going to be in it because Yates is, is a dude. Yates is my guy. And when Oregon hired Yates, I know people thought it was over as soon as the NCAA cleared Oregon, essentially, and, and programs around the country to recruit players who have a connection to the staff, but... The real icing on the cake, the real seal the deal moment was when Oregon hired Yates. It was signed, sealed, delivered essentially right then and there. Trajan, no question, was going to be a duck. Pairs nicely with Landon Hullaby. I know there were some also some thoughts that when Landon Hullaby committed, the Texas four-star safety, it put extra pressure on Trajan to commit because there aren't very many tr- safety spots. And that actually wasn't necessarily accurate either in the sense that Trajan didn't feel any pressure. He felt like Oregon wanted him, had made him a priority, that his his scholarship would be committable throughout. And frankly, uh, if if the Landon Hullaby commitment did anything to push it up, it pushed it up in the sense that Trajan and Landon get along pretty well. They've talked quite a bit. Landon knew Trajan was going to commit before he committed. He kind of teased it himself. And you're seeing also that Trajan is really connected to a lot of Northwest prospects. Darius Clemens, the four-star safety out of or four-star wide receiver, excuse me, out of Westview, tweeted several duck emojis connected to Trajan Williams' commitment. Josh Connerly, who's an elite all-American offensive tackle out of Washington, tweeted about Trajan Williams' commitment to Oregon. He is also a ringleader. So there's a lot of layers here with this commitment, not only potentially what Trajan can do with helping Oregon get other Northwest kids, but also he pairs nicely with Landon Hullaby. It's really the first feather in the cap of Marcel Yates where you go, okay, how is this guy as a recruiter? He gets credit here. And and I know Mario has, has a lot to do with this commitment. I know Don Johnson Jr. has a lot to do with this commitment, but if you're looking at an X factor, who was the guy that made it a signed, sealed, delivered situation for Trajan Williams? It was Marcel Yates. One of the major aspects of this commitment that I think is going to go underreported, underdiscussed, and really, frankly, I think is the biggest storyline. Trajan's a great player, but I think the biggest storyline here that we're seeing from Oregon is the fact that they are recruiting at a national level right now. I don't think anybody can deny that. They've had the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12 for three straight years. They've done a great job recruiting California, but they've also gotten prospects out of Texas and Missouri and New York and Georgia and North Carolina and Tennessee. 
We've seen this Oregon program recruit from all over on a national scale. And under Mark Helfrich, and even, frankly, Chip Kelly a little bit, there was a sense locally, high school football coaches, high school programs, that Oregon kind of felt like they were too good for the state of Oregon. It was part of the reason Oregon lost a collection of really talented players, Talanoa Hafunga to USC, Elijah Molden to Washington, Chase Cota to UCLA. There was a mass exodus of Marlon Tuipilotu, obviously, to USC. There was a mass exodus for a few years there of kids not wanting to go to Oregon, wanting to leave the state because, frankly, Oregon had alienated them as sophomores in their recruitment while USC, UCLA, national programs were offering these kids. Oregon was kind of in wait and see mode and it really rubbed kids locally the wrong way. And we're seeing Mario Cristobal recruit nationally, but also do a wonderful job, a wonderful job of rebuilding those in-state connections. In the class of 2021, Oregon gets Keith Brown, the all-American linebacker out of Lebanon, close to Oregon State. Oregon State wasn't in it. Lebanon, fairly close, but they didn't have a chance. Geographically, Oregon State close. In recruiting terms, not close. Keith Brown was a duck. They locked him in early, and here we are again. Oregon gets Amarion Winston, the Central Catholic four-star outside linebacker. He's got offers from, from a number of programs. And they get Trajan Williams, an All-American safety out of Oregon. Oregon is doing a good job of being national, but making sure the in-state kids feel important, that they feel like they're a part of things, and that Oregon, when they see a great prospect from the state, they prioritize him and make him feel like a priority. Keith Brown has talked to me about that. Trajan Williams talked to me about it. Oregon brought so much energy with their offer and their recruitment with in-state kids, they feel like headliners. They feel like they are a massive part of building this Oregon program. You can't, when you recruit at a national level, alienate your home state. You cannot do it. It doesn't matter even if your home state's not great. Even if your home state is not a state that produces consistently four- and five-star talent. Why? Because when you do want those kids, they should be lay-in kids. They should be kids that are that you've got a great chance, 75, 80, 85% chance of getting those kids. Look at the state of Washington right now. Look what's going on with the Washington Huskies football program. In the class of 2021, they kind of, not out of nowhere, Washington's a good state, but, but they had and have the number one recruit in the entire country, JT Tuamalau, who remains uncommitted, the five-star defensive lineman. They've got Sam Heward, the number one quarterback in the nation, the number one pro-style quarterback in the nation, and Emeka Egbuka, the number one wide receiver in America. But Washington has not done a great job of prioritizing their home state. So when they do have kind of this flukish year where these kids emerge, and they should be gimmies because they're all right out of Seattle, they didn't even really have a shot with two of the three. JT Tuamalau has Washington in his top five. To me, that almost feels like lip service. I don't think there's any way he's going to Washington. I don't think there's ever been a stretch where it looked like he was going to Washington. Emeka Egbuka, the number one wide receiver in America, picked Ohio State. G. Scott Jr., the year before, an All-American wide receiver, he picked Ohio State. They didn't. Washington didn't end up having a shot with him. Washington had no shot with Emeka Egbuka. He committed fairly early to Ohio State, and the only other programs that had a shot were on the East Coast. Some of the SEC schools, some of the other Big Ten schools, Washington wasn't a factor. 
and again, JT Tumalau uncommitted, but it doesn't look like Washington has a shot. When you alienate your home state, if your home state isn't California or Texas or Florida or Ohio or Pennsylvania, and you alienate those kids, when you do have that class that sprouts up, like the state of Oregon did, frankly, a few years ago with Talanoa and Chase and Elijah Molden, when you have a section, a year where it sprouts up and you've got kids you want, you better have invested in the infrastructure in your state. You better have invested once a year, one kid a year, at least try to make him an in-state kid. And Mario's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job with that. I think Oregon deserves a tremendous amount of credit. He's way out recruiting, far out distancing what Mark Helfrich and Chip Kelly were able to do on the recruiting trail. And, and he hasn't alienated the in-state kids. He's made them a priority and repaired the damage done in the state of Oregon. I think you could make a strong argument that as much as Oregon State does a good job of recruiting in-state talent, bringing them in via preferred walk-on, bringing them in via scholarship offers, that Oregon has done almost as good a job and they only take one a year. It's wildly commendable. It's the kind of thing that really truly separates elite recruiting from very, very solid recruiting. People don't really realize, and, and, and maybe they should, that Nick Saban very similarly, does a great job in the state of Alabama. Now, the state of Alabama is a very good state for producing talent. But, but as much as Alabama recruits nationally, they really do a phenomenal job at winning the state of Alabama. If they want a kid, if they really want a kid, Auburn has a shot, and then it's really tough to pull them out of Alabama. That's just the reality. You could say, well, gosh, they could go to California or Texas or Ohio or somewhere, some, somewhere in the country. There's a five-star kid ahead of the best Alabama prospect most years at any given position. Sure. But to make sure the home state is happy, to make sure that you serve the home state, to make sure that when there is that really good prospect, that you've got that 75 to 80% chance of landing him just because he was raised in your backyard— You better be able to get them and you better have the relationship there and keep the relationship there, maintain the relationship so that you can land those guys. And when I tell you the relationship was badly damaged by Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich, I don't think people realize how truly damaged it was. Elijah Molden now, it feels like, the Washington corner who's going to be a high draft pick in the NFL draft. Doesn't it feel like now, and I could be wrong, but it feels to me like now, if this were Mario's staff, If he were a senior this year, there'd be no question he'd be going to Oregon. Oregon's recruiting class is great. They do a great job with their secondary guys. They produce tremendous amounts of talent in the defensive backfield. You look at Javon Holland, Thomas Graham Jr., uh, Mikael Wright coming up, Dante Manning's a five-star prospect, Brady Breeze is entering the NFL draft early. They do a great job producing DBs. And not only that, they get seemingly whoever they want within the state. That wasn't the case a few years ago. And Elijah Molden, it opened the door for Elijah Molden to choose Washington. It opened the door for Marlon Tuipolotu and Talanoa Hafunga to choose USC. It opened the door for Chase Coda, another legacy, to choose UCLA. So while Trajan Williams' commitment is a big one, a significant one, he's the number nine safety in the country. He's the highest rated commitment in the class of 2022 right now. I think the bigger story is what it means for Oregon when it comes to in-state recruiting. They have repaired the damage done by Helfrich and Chip Kelly kind of big-timing the state. And now Oregon is unequivocally the power program in the state of Oregon. If there's a highly rated kid in Oregon, 
There's a chance he goes to Oregon State. There's a chance he goes to USC. There's a chance he goes to Washington. There's a chance he goes to the SEC. But if you're a betting man or woman, you're betting. You're putting your money on Oregon. Oregon is the heavy favorite for any elite prospect coming out of Oregon. And that is massive for a program that is recruiting nationally to suddenly repair, completely repair, and begin to dominate recruiting in the home state. Thank you for listening to an emergency edition of the Recruiting Trip from Oregon Live in the Oregonian. Have a good one.